Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship. We would love to hear how God has blessed your life. Reach out to us through social media or email us at scfellowshipchurch at gmail.com. You know, as I look around the room, I, I think those, that testimony right there and that, that word was just so on point and a good segue into what the Lord put on my heart to bring to you this morning. You know, unfortunately, we're seeing more and more participation. And I know I, I said unfortunately, and that may throw you for a loop. But what I want to talk to you about today is God's not looking for just participation. He's looking for excellence. He's looking for excellence in what we do. He's looking for us to be purposeful with our actions, to be purposeful with our ministry and with our love. Um, it's no accident that Franco and Mickey feel the love of God from this church. It's no accident. It's been preached. It's been practiced. It's been encouraged. Um, this is not something you can just fake for a day. It's a learned behavior, and that behavior is learned through each other and through our Father. But make no mistake, God is looking for excellence out of us. I think what we've been dealing with as a church, not just Southside Christian Fellowship, but the church, is what does excellence mean? And we've done our best to try to put that out there for people. And I think at times we get misguided and we get off track, but you know, God still loves us and works with us and and shows us and gives us more chances and opportunities. But but sometimes we just show up and participate. I like that you brought in there that, that you had to be dragged by the ear to come to church. One of my best friends, Mark Buchanan's brother, always told people he was a drug baby, that his mom drug him to church every day of his life. And there is something to be said about that. You know, we want to put our kids in front of the Word of God. We had uh, another family, they were uh, sharing with me that one of their kids had been going down to another church, but they were frustrated because they would go down there and just sleep. I said, well, at least they're sleeping where the Word's being preached. They could be sleeping at home where no Word's being preached. Let them go. Just let them go. At least they're going somewhere right now. Because I think as we as we subject our kids to the Word of God, it gets inside of them, and then then at some point they do have an opportunity to choose just like we each did. So, so I get that with kids, sometimes we do have to force them, make them, train them. But there comes a point in our lives where we need to choose to do excellent for the Lord. We need to put out our best and be honest when we're not giving our best. Excellence is more than just participation. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Colossians, those couple of verses, those few verses, they're about motives, in incentives, and deterrence in service. They're about motives, incentives, and deterrence in service. Let me tell you just a little bit about Colossians here. Colossians is written to the people in a town of Colossae. Now, I don't know that I'm saying that properly, but it's close enough, all right? But this town was a mixture of people. The Jewish people, and specifically Jewish Christians, had moved to this area, and they were trying to blend their culture 
with the culture of their neighbors. Does that sound familiar? Sounds familiar. The problem was that they were, they were compromising too much. And they were giving in too much to their neighbors and their ways of life. You know, it sounds like America today. We talk about America is the melting pot of the world. That there's all different peoples, races, genders, nationalities, and cultures. And yet all we do is fight. And the ironic part of the fighting is we're fighting to include everybody, but by trying to do that, we're excluding somebody. Somebody's going to be excluded. Uh, I read recently about a, a restaurant that booted some uh, a Christian organization out of their restaurant. They, they denied them service because they just didn't like the values they stood for. They felt like Christianity was bigoted and just did not stand for inclusion of all people, which is interesting because, as you and I both know, that's all Jesus did was come to include people. He just told us, the way to be included. He told us the way to live to have more abundant life. Well, the statement from the management was that they tried to include everybody's cultures and thoughts and perspectives. And it went on from there, and I thought, you're lying in that statement right there. The very idea that you're trying to include everybody by denying somebody. <laughs> but that's the way our world sees it right now. You know, our world sees it as we need to accept every race and religion, but don't talk about certain ones because, well, I'm just going to stop there. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I don't want to get into that part. I'll get, I'll get sidetracked because it's not about what we're doing wrong. It's about what do we do to do things right? How do we change this? It doesn't matter if I fuss and I fuss and I fuss about the, the irony and the things that I think America is doing wrong or people all over the world are doing wrong, they're not going to receive that message from me. They're not going to receive that message from me. One of the reasons people go down a certain path is they feel like that's what's going to work for them. Now, maybe down that path a little ways, it doesn't work out, and they change paths. That's why people jump religions from time to time, right? So as Christians, what we've said is we've said, look, this is the path that we feel like is the best and it's the right path. It's following Jesus Christ and his teachings. So now our job is to show the rest of the world why Jesus is the right way. Well, we do that through serving the Lord with excellence. Colossians says, heartily. Grantland Rice said, for when the one great score comes to mark against your name, he writes not what you won or lost, but how you played the game. We're stuck in a culture of winning and losing. And what Colossians 3, 23 through 25 is telling us is it's not winning and losing. It's the effort. It's how you're, as this individual says, playing the game. That works great for me. I like a lot of sports references and metaphors, right? How do we play the game? Are we just showing up, sitting on the bench and twiddling our thumbs? Or are we getting involved? Are we being a part of what God's doing? Are we serving wherever we're at with excellence? Tony Cook said Christianity is not about building enterprises, egos, or empires. It's about building people. 
we get off track because we start trying to build our empire, which then builds our ego. And eventually there's a letdown. There's always going to be a letdown when you are trying to chase the things of man. But if you pour into people and you build people, I guarantee you, you will be satisfied all the days of your life. My grandfather owned many, many companies over the years. I think I've shared with you before, I found a a newspaper article from back in the, maybe the 70s, where they wrote up where he had made a million dollars back in the 70s. My eyes got really big. So really big. I said, Grandam, where's all that money? Without missing a beat, he said, man, we spent that money. It's gone. It's gone. This is not a sermon about saying that God won't bless you with money. What I'm saying is that God got a hold of my grandfather and money did not, it changed places. He chased money. He, he would have told you that and probably did tell lots of you that. He chased the things. He built empires and egos. He, he didn't build the things of God until that one day when God got a hold of him and changed his life forever. Now, he was always a businessman, and he was always looking to make a dollar, but his reasonings and his motivations changed. It was no longer to build himself up. It was to build the kingdom of God up. You guys remember the golf tournaments, right? There was so much work put into that. Mostly with Grandam telling Joni and Judy what to do. Right, Judy? No, my grandfather worked very hard on those tournaments. And every bit of that money was used to, um, was, was given to other ministries. But that was his heart. He organized a stand up for Jesus parade in Henry County in McDonough. And for years, we lined up at the uh, what used to be Henry County High School, and we'd march all around the square and finish up at Alexander Park, and we'd have a celebration that whole day. Can you imagine? Unfortunately, that seems so far removed now. And we didn't just have one or two churches. We had churches from all over participate. We got no pushback from the government. We had an individual that tried to push back. It did not go so well for him, not because we did anything, but God took care of him. And actually, all it did was put the parade out there and made it more known to people, and more people showed up to support. I mean, these are the things that God put on his heart. So that's what God does. When you're serving with excellence, you know, it moves from being all about you and me, and it becomes all about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, in verse 23, it says, whatever you do. I made breakfast. We'll make it with excellence. I got dressed today. We'll get dressed with excellence. And I'm not talking about the particular clothes you put on. Franco, you guys look fantastic. Look fantastic. But guess what? Everybody in this room looks fantastic. It's not about the clothing. It's how you're approaching what you're doing. Whatever you do. James said in chapter 1, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. We're no good to anybody if we are not doing what the word of God tells us to do. How many times have you seen somebody in your life that you felt was hypocritical? We know what that term means, right? It means you're asking me to do something that not even you're doing. 
Your neighbors are noticing you. They're watching you. They want to know what's going on in your life. I'm not telling you to put on a show for your neighbors. That's what I, that's not what I mean. See, that's actually the exact opposite. If we begin to do what the Word of God says, like Franco mentioned, as this church has done, we don't have to force ourselves to love someone because it's a part of who we are. That's the reason we got to work towards excellence. It's just got to come out naturally. It can't be just because somebody's looking. I don't know about you, but my parents raised me that God was always looking. And to do things not because somebody else might give me a reward, but to do things because they're the right thing to do. I was working the concession stand for a game one time, and I'm pushing the, the drinks they loaded up into the cart, and I hit a rock or something on the pathway, and all the drinks spilled. And immediately one of these kids came up and started helping me put them back in. Didn't say a word, just started helping me. When we got done, I said, thank you so much. You were such a blessing. Pick any drink you want. And there was about four or five drinks over here I hadn't gotten to just yet. And about that time, another kid heard me say that, came running over. Let me help you with that. Let me help you with that, Mr. Herman. Let me help you with that. And picked up those, those bottles. And I said, thank you very much. And they said, well, can I get a drink? I said, you sure can. I'll be a dollar fifty. But you gave him a drink. And I said, because he did it out of the goodness of his heart, not looking for a reward. <laughs> that first kid showed excellence. I didn't mind the second kid helping, but he was doing it to get something. But we approach life that way, don't we? Just think about what we talked about tithes and offerings. I'll talk about myself so you don't have to talk about yourself. There was a time in my life I gave to get. I better give tithes and offerings so that I can get money to pay for other things. Now, as God has matured me, I give because God has already blessed me, and I know he's going to take care of me, and I don't have to worry about it. Colossians, if you back up just a few verses in that same chapter, chapter 3, Paul had been laying the case out about excellency since the, verse, since the first verse. And in verse 17, he said, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let me pause for just a second and ask you, can you think of an action where you don't want the Lord to know you're even doing it? That can be a clue to us that maybe that's not serving the Lord with excellency. If we don't want him to even know about it, Maybe we shouldn't be doing that. All right, let me step back in here. <laughs> he goes on, Paul does in that same chapter, he starts talking about wives, husbands, children, parents, bond servants. He's laying out the case, it doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. You should be serving God with excellency. You should be serving Him with excellency in your job. You should be serving Him with excellency in your school. It doesn't matter if you're the boss or the employee. You should do your job to the best of your ability, your God-given abilities. I thought of Mother Teresa when I was seeing that word heartily. It says, heartily is to the Lord and not to men. Too many times we're trying to climb that ladder and man's the one putting the rings in there, the steps in there. I told you that I was a... Uh, I was in banking for a little bit, and I made it to the level of branch manager. Why? Because that's just what you did. That was the next step. I kept going up 
and going for promotions. I didn't even know if I'd like it. Didn't even do any research into it. I just knew it was the next level and there was an opening. So I applied and I got the job. I found out pretty soon I didn't like that job. I didn't enjoy that job. And I believe God opened the door for me to learn a lesson through that because he shortly thereafter opened the job into teaching, which I've told you guys I avoided, but that was the right path for me. And I look back after 15 years of education and teaching and saying, Lord, I'm glad I uh, didn't totally ignore you because you definitely knew what was best for me. But sometimes just climbing the ladder is not what it's all about. I, I, I remember one time we were, we were discussing a Bible study and we got to talk about leadership. You know, it occurred to me that if there are no followers, what good is leadership? Who, who are you leading? If you have too many leaders, not enough followers. We were just studying that on uh, Wednesday night in James where James is kind of sort of being nice about it. And he's saying, all you guys are getting into the word of God and think you're teachers. You're not. It's a matter of relationship with the father. When we're doing excellency, part of that is not putting down where God has us now. Maybe you don't think you like the job you're in, but as you do it as unto the Lord, you're going to find peace. You're going to find satisfaction and you're going to find the right kind of progress. But you got to serve as you're serving unto the Lord. Amen. I think about Mother Teresa. How many of you know Mother Teresa? She's passed now, but have you heard of Mother Teresa? Mother Teresa helped establish a charity called Missionaries of Charity. It manages homes for people dying of HIV and AIDS, leprosy, and tuberculosis. It also runs soup kitchens, mobile clinics, children's and family counseling programs, as well as orphanages and schools, and it's in over 133 countries. And Mother Teresa is the one that started that, and it grew to that because she worked with a heart of excellence. And you know what? She said when faced with the question of success, she said, God did not call me to be successful. He called me to be faithful. And I like the way Richard Stern says, it says, in a world where success is king, we must be careful not to fall into the trap of believing that our identity somehow derives from the magnitude of our achievements rather than our relationship with God. How many of you have trophies and plaques on the wall at home? Be careful. Be careful. We were given some gold coins. Uh, I went to uh, to see a friend. Um, it was a revival week. We were given a gold coin, really nice coin. Loved it. And it's used as a witnessing tool. And let me just preface this by saying I have zero problems with what God tells other people to do. What I'm trying to do is what God tells me to do. What I got concerned with was I didn't want that little trinket to become an idol. And then I'm the person that gave it out to somebody, and now they're looking to that coin. And if they leave that coin at home or something, then they start feeling like, you know, they don't have the presence of God with them and things of that nature, okay? Um, We have to be careful with the things that we are using. There was a, another example of a guy that, that in this area gave out the remember stickers. And there was a whole um, story that went behind that. And it just said remember. And people always would come up and say, what's that sticker about remember? And that would open the door and you could minister to them. 
And maybe you can have one of those gold coins and you can use it properly. Uh, maybe you've got um, a certificate of baptism or something like that. There's no, no issue with that. What I'm telling you is we have to be careful because we can begin to look to the achievements and build ourselves up. We can begin to start talking about what job we have and, and, and I, I'm now a manager or director or supervisor or whatever the case may be. And we begin to derive our identity through that job rather than through the Lord. You'll know if you've got that mentality because name a certain job and you go, oh, I wouldn't want to be that. And the reason I wouldn't want to be that is because that's beneath me. Now, I don't, I don't say this next thing to brag on me, but I feel like you need to understand and know. And I tell you, I try to be transparent with you so you can understand if I'm going through things, chance are good, you're going through things. But I promise you that I've done everything with this church over the years from take care of the kids to the youth to scrubbing toilets to taking out trash to doing whatever God asked me to do here. Now, most of the time, I do that with excellence and a good heart. Some of the time, Dad volunteers me for stuff I don't want to volunteer for, and I got a little bit worse attitude about it. Now, I still do it, but I'm a little bit more complainy and whiny about it. But I try. But I promise you, it's not I'm the pastor Therefore, you should serve me. Now, some of you do things for me because you feel like the Lord has asked you to take care of me, and I try to let you do that because I don't want to take that from you. Thank you, ma'am. I don't want to take that blessing from you either, but that is so difficult for me because I don't ever want to get to that point where I'm saying I'm better than you because I'm the pastor or my position is higher than yours because I'm the pastor. I'm in charge of you. I'm the pastor. And you can substitute your job in there and see if you're going through some of the same things. Because that's not what God called me to do. But that sure is what man wants to put in me. That sure is what man wants to teach me. That's why Paul says in there again in Colossians 3.23, just kind of going back, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. He could have just stopped after saying, do it heartily as to the Lord. But he knew what they were dealing with was doing things for man's accolades and not just for God's accolades. Let me move on here. It talks about a reward of the inheritance. I told you that as I mature, I try not to do things just to get something from it. But, you know, sometimes I still do things because I want something. I know y'all don't have that issue. So, so Paul talks about a reward of the inheritance. Let me tell you what this reward of inheritance is. It's the share which an individual, you are an individual, I'm an individual. It's the share which we will have in eternal blessedness, which is in the consummated kingdom of God after the visible return of Christ. How many of you have a retirement plan, a 401k, some kind of retirement? Yeah, amen. I encourage everybody to invest and put into retirement. Uh, some of us are learning right now what inflation really is, and what it basically means is your dollar doesn't stretch as far today as it did 10 years ago. So if you're still making the exact same amount of money you were making 10 years ago, it's going to get harder and harder, right? So you, you invest in the hopes that you will get a return on that investment so that you will have the additional money you need to cover things like inflation, right? That's man being able to figure that part out in the flesh. God says, hey, look, you want to talk about a retirement plan? 
I got a retirement plan for you that pays off for eternity. My wife retired from teaching after 30 years in teaching. At the ripe old age of 51. That is not old at all, is it? How many of you would like to fully retire at 51 years old? You know what she found out? After a while, there ain't so many things you can do. You're just bored. You know, you work so long and all you can think is, man, I need a vacation. Eventually, you go, man, I need retirement. I'm tired of working here. I can't wait for that day to come. That day comes. And then about a year later, you're like, man, I am bored. So my grandfather played two times a week guaranteed. And if it looked like rain, he put in a third day just in case. But now if it didn't rain on that day, he didn't give up those two days originally. So that week he got to play three days. You had to do something. You got to get out of the house. But the cool thing is she invested for 30 years through the teacher retirement system. And she signed her retirement papers, and she's guaranteed an income till the day she dies. And the way we set it up was if she dies before me, I get that income until the day I die. That's a pretty good retirement plan. We got some teachers in here on that retirement plan. Amen. It's pretty good, right, Miss Mildred? It's not bad. Not bad at all. It's still limited. It's still limited in, in what it pays out. But what Paul's saying here is, listen, if you will serve the Lord and not worry about what you're getting right now from man and in the natural, I'm telling you that the retirement plan is so much better than anything you can imagine. Because you see, let's say Tammy lives to be a 100. That's 49 years, almost as many years she'll receive her retirement, well, more years retirement than, than what she worked. That's pretty impressive. That's a drop in the bucket of eternity. A drop in the bucket of eternity. We need to have the perspective of the kingdom and know what we're working for. Let me finish up here with when Paul says, for you serve the Lord. I will say that as an American, that may be one of the hardest concepts for me to understand. I have head knowledge of it, but what God's been working on me with is heart knowledge. I understand the concept of serving the Lord, but everything that's been put into me through media and, and, and movies and TV and school and everything is to be the best. And the best is measured by what type of house you have, what type of car you drive, how much money you got in the bank account, what position you hold at your job. That's what man says is success. And yet, yet Paul's saying, hey, you need to serve. Serve means it's not about you. Serve means it don't matter what you want to do. It doesn't matter that you just poured out and poured out and poured out and poured out. Somebody's in need and God tells you to go. You got to serve. You need to go. The Bible talks about slavery. I don't want to get too deep into this. When God, when Paul talks about being a bond servant, we have a choice in that. Slavery's history, which dates way, 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 way back, there was no choice in that. But the mentality of I've got to do whether I want to do or I don't want to do is the same. That's why Paul addresses here servants work as unto the Lord. He didn't say that slavery was okay. He didn't come to justify that at all. Jesus didn't come to justify the way that man has treated man. He came to say that our perspective needs to be about eternity. And that if we will serve the Lord through whatever we're doing, 
that he'll bless us. He'll take care of us. He'll reward us. Because verse 25, which I don't have written on my paper here, but uh, if you'll give me one second, let me just show you this real quick. I knew I should have pulled that up today. Verse 25 says... Is behind me? Amen. Oh, no, not that one. Verse 25 of Colossians 3 says, But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. See, Paul said, look, you don't have to worry about that. We have one Lord, one God. And make no mistake about it, everyone will answer for their actions. But we got to trust in him. Amen. Let me summarize this up. I'll get you to stand to your feet. I'm not going to go into Matthew 25 today. I'll save that for next week. I feel like what I've kind of done today more than anything is just kind of lay the groundwork. Us understanding that excellence is more than just participation. God doesn't want you just to show up for Sunday service. He wants you to get involved. He wants you to serve him. He's the best person we could ever work for. He's the best person we could ever serve. He loves us way more than we can ever love him. He cares about us way more than we could ever care about him. He wants the best for us. I have really good parents, and they've always done the best they could for me, and that's been pretty darn good. And it pales in comparison to what God the Father does for me. Pales in comparison. I want to encourage you to shift your focus, to look at things eternal. When you're putting in for a retirement plan, make it an eternal retirement plan paid out by God and not just what man does. I want you to serve God with excellency in everything you do. I want you to take inventory of how you respond and how you behave when you're asked to do something. If you don't like your job, it's a perfect time to say, Lord, help me be the best servant in this position that I can be for you, Lord. If you're scrubbing toilets, you scrub them with excellency for the Lord. That'll be the best clean toilets anybody's ever seen. Somebody tell us about the job, you tell them how awesome your job is, how blessed you are to have that job, how much God has given you. See, one of the complaints that people make about teachers all the time is that they don't get paid enough, and far be it for me to disagree. I, I, I would love would love to get paid more. But the reality is, it just took a budget. My family has never lacked. We've always been taken care of. You know, we start trying to take control and figure things out. Excellency is doing whatever God's put in front of you, even if you don't understand why you're there. Excellency is doing the job to completion. Something that God can be pleased with in you whether man ever recognizes your service. Amen? Amen. I just want to ask you a question today. Have you been serving God in all areas of your life with excellency? Have you been serving God in all areas of your life with excellency? Our key scripture is Matthew 22, right? Verse 37. I think I got that right this time, Dan. I told you all last time it was Matthew 25. That's incorrect. It's in Matthew 22. Where Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. This is the first and greatest commandment. That's part of the excellency that God's talking about. Are you being excellent for the Lord? And I just want to encourage you right now. 
If you're not, all you got to do is tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry that I have not served you in this area, that I've not been excellent in this area. If you don't know how to serve the Lord in the area that you're struggling with, ask him. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.